0: I'm Mitch Casper. welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number eighty-seven. Today, I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host Daryl Mantalenko. Well, Manny, it's been an interesting week with the trade deadline wrapping up, and uh, the Jets getting spanked in Colorado, rebounding for a tremendous win in, in Vegas—probably my favorite win of the year—and then losing a bit of a tough one in uh, Arizona. But uh, it's been an interesting week, and all the speculation is uh, it's done and so uh, let's uh, before we get to the trade stuff let's uh, want to get your thoughts on the week that was the three games what do you think
1: well I think it was a terrible week for all intents and purposes we've uh, you know aside from a 6-3 victory we looked very poor in the other two games and and frankly uh, um, you know the trade deadline Came at the right time in a lot of ways because there's a level of uh, there's a level of uh, urgency that is non-existent in our game thus far. And as much as it was great to see Patrick Laine uh, get off the schneid and score some patented uh, you know power play goals, um, that, that was the only thing to get truly well. And Nick Ehlers, of course, coming back scoring early in that uh, L- Las Vegas game. Uh, there really wasn't a whole bunch to get excited about. Uh, the play looked indifferent. It looked uh, it looked like a team that had no idea how to get out of their own zone. And I know there's folks that say that the for, the forwards aren't to blame. The defensemen couldn't move the puck up. I think it was a combination of all of those things. Absolutely. And, yep. and uh, you know, I think with the trades that have come, you're going to see a Roslevic go back to the wing where I think he's far better. And, and frankly, he's not a centerman at this point in time. Uh, so I'm excited about the trade. It's going to rejuvenate this team that I think... Uh, and take some pressure off the young players that, that, that are in the lineup.
0: Well, I must be mellowing in my old age because... You know, it was a disgusting effort in Colorado. But yet, wasn't it one-all after the first period? And my biggest complaint about them is... They, they just can't defend. Um, they get lost in their coverages so easily. It's such a crazy system they play. When it breaks down, it just looks awful. And we have a couple of young guys in our lineup still that uh, aren't very good in our own end. I mean, everybody raves about Kyle Connor, and I love the kid. He's great once we have the puck, but you watch him in our own end. He, he's lost quite a bit. Roslovic is has lost. Uh, Niku, great with the puck. Not very good in the, in, in our own end. But in saying that, most of our defensemen aren't very good, so it makes me wonder why Nico hasn't been in the lineup more often. I would have liked to see him play a lot more, right?
1: Well, you can't. that's an argument you can't really argue against, I guess. But like Connor and like other players before him, you've got to put your time in until someone decides that, you know, and likely... Uh, Pascal Vincent has had a role in that discussion of when is he ready or is he not ready, and the fact that the Jets didn't send him down uh, today uh, for a paper transaction to call him up tomorrow, uh, at least to my understanding, tells you that they fully intend to have him here the rest of the way.
0: I hope so. So,
1: you know, and 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 you know, Appleton and and uh, Pullman and I'm sorry, Tucker Pullman. And Tucker Pullman, thank you. Uh, were sent down today, and that's you know depth wise, they're the two odd men you know out. But they could have sent uh, could have sent uh, Niku down um, and ensure that he was eligible for the AHL playoffs if if it ever got to that point, right? But that said, uh, he's here for the year now. He can't be sent down, and um, that's uh, where we're at. So.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was a, I get to that point right now where, you know, I just realized, and especially as you get later in the year, uh, the, the points are tougher to get. Colorado and, and the Arizona Coyotes have a lot to play for. They're a little more desperation and a little more want in their game. And we're trying to get by just on our talent alone. Uh, we were embarrassed in Colorado, rebounded with a solid effort in Vegas. And to be honest with you, if you would have told me we were going to win one game on the road trip, I would have picked the Vegas game because I can't stand them. You know, they've had this whole thing handed to them on a the platter. Even today, we're getting to a late but even the Mark Stone trade was basically they reaped the rewards of dumb GMs that just flooded them with elite players and all kinds of draft picks and prospects that made everything they do possible. And uh, it looks like well, this.
1: Uh, Go ahead. The only team, the only team that could do what what happened today was, in fact, the Vegas Golden Knights, yep, right? Yeah. I mean, they raped and pillaged uh, teams uh, through the expansion draft and uh, and have all kinds of assets to do exactly what they did. So all that Vegas was doing, they were playing with borrowed money. They were just giving some of it back, right? Uh, unfortunately, all to to uh, the Senators, and but they they're in a great position from a cap perspective as well as an asset perspective to to go and make this deal and you know stone's gonna sign a max deal here march 1st and uh and you know he'll be a a golden knight for you know for all intents and purposes the rest of his career eight more years
0: yeah i kind of feel sorry for seattle because you know the the other the gms have now gone through the process of uh this type of expansion and the rules, and they won't easily be sucked in like uh, how stupid they were, you know, just giving away players to protect one. I mean, Florida just gave away the farm, but uh, that's another story. We'll leave that for another day, but anyway, yeah, absolutely,
1: because we could go through that. Oh uh, my god, yeah, we'll talk about who's leaving the Jets because someone will be and it'll be good, a good player. Yep,
0: yeah. so we beat Vegas. I was pretty happy with that. The Coyotes game, uh, I was meh on that one. I couldn't, you know, I, you know, Camper uh, played good, but. I find it disturbing that whenever, this, it seems like when the Jets lose, like, do you ever notice they never lose 5-4 four, or 4-3? Four, it's always something to one. Like, why is it when they lose a game, they get stuck in a rut where they score one goal? And uh, it happens, and it and it's frustrating. But I guess the good news, uh, before we get to the trades again, we'll get to uh, the the big news. We knew it was a matter of time, and uh, watching Line A rattle in those uh, slappers from his patented office on the left side there, uh, three power play goals in the two games. Uh, a huge sigh of relief from Jets Nation, and uh, just the look on his face—like I posted in my random thoughts today—my um, smile was probably as big on my face as it was on his. It was just good to see that monkey off his back, wasn't it?
1: Well, absolutely, it was. I mean, you, you hate seeing young players go through what what he's gone through, and you know he's he has been a streaky goal scorer. There's no two ways about it, but. He's never been this far in between uh, goals before. So, you know, hopefully he'll be better for it going forward. And, and there was a little edge in his game, especially the Vegas game. Yeah. Frankly, that might have been his best game of his career. Like, yeah. from from a 200-foot game right through to the compete to, you know, that he looked like a player that was trying to earn every second that he had on the ice. And, uh, and frankly... That was a dominant player. Yeah. So, you know, let's hope that uh, he's learned from that process and uh, is going to apply that that going into the you know down the stretch and 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 to into the rest of his career.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. I'm glad he got the three goals that you know, gives him a little bit of confidence. But I'm going to reserve my judgment yet until I see some uh, even strength goals put on the board. Uh, that's going to be his next goal, and I'm sure that's going to be just a matter of time getting. You know, he's playing with two elite playmakers and passers, so if he doesn't score with uh, playing with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, there might be some cause for concern. Or they, I'm not going to say score, but you just have to get chances, and it looks like in those first two games he's had some good chances five on five. Now he's just got to bury a couple, then everything will be right in the world again, won't it?
1: Well, I, I, honestly, a guy like like uh, Lina, you're not going to worry about how he gets the goals so long as he gets them, and 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 this power play needs that production. Uh, sure, we need five on five, but but these trades uh, that have come about today, I think, are going to allow for for a more balanced uh, lineup, and and five on five, I think, the goal distribution should. Uh, be enhanced. So, I'm le- I'm I want to see five on five just the same. But if you're playing with Wheeler and and uh, Shifley, you know you're going to get hemmed in your own zone. Yeah, uh, if you know if you don't come out clean, you're stuck there. And and there's a plenty of turnovers in the neutral zone on that line to to make up for everybody else. So five on five, I think for that group is still going to be pretty tough. Um, you know. And they're they're going to have to step up their game for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, on to the, uh, to the trades that were done. Um, you know, most of Jets Nation had their hearts set on, you know, Mark Stone. And it and was mostly media driven, too. The insiders and everybody who you listen to would say that, you know, the Jets were in on him and Calgary and a whole bunch of teams were in on him. And uh, because he was a local guy, everybody kind of had their hearts set on it. But I'm probably not going to. I'm going to drink a little bit of the Kool Aid here. And I'm probably not convinced that uh, I'm gonna say Kevin Hayes probably was the overall better play. You know, a big center with uh, some playmaking ability, and they're pretty good defensively. Pen- penalty killer can play power play, passes the puck, six foot five. Um, I'm pretty happy with the pickup, and the thing that was nice about it is uh, we really got Chevy did did well because he really sold high on uh, Lemieux. They got really good value for Lemieux and didn't. I mean, to give up that first pick, which was a uh, probably a given anyway. They really technically didn't touch anybody on their roster because with Nick Evers coming back, uh, Lemieux has been in the press box the last two games. So they came away pretty unscathed. I thought. I thought it was a pretty solid move. And uh, you know, he's not a. Hayes isn't a very highly paid player right now. So even with a modest raise or his next contract. It's not out of the question that he might be somebody that's just not a rental. I don't know. I mean, it's of course it's going to depend on uh, how he plays you know, going forward, the rest of this regular season, and in the playoffs. But uh, I wouldn't be uh, if, if he, you know, especially at his age and that, he might be a player that you might look at extending. So we'll see how things go in the future. But overall, uh, I'd have to say, based on what our ex- expectations were, we kind of did hit the jackpot a bit. We got one of the top guys, probably the number two or three guy, depending on whether you liked uh, Stone first and then it was either between him and Duchesne, right? So yeah, I'm pretty happy with Hayes. What about you? Uh,
1: well, at the end of the day, I think Mark Stone was a difference maker and 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 I think his play, um, you know, on both ends of the ice, uh, is he's a better player one-on-one than Hayes. Um and, and as we talked about in our last podcast about uh, if we can't go all in and get, if the price simply was, uh, you know, we talked about this with Scott and, and yourself, if we can't get the right price for for Stone, we have to back off and, and go target a guy like Hayes. And, and, and so, you know, I think that's exactly what got played out. And uh, the price was too high. And uh, I think the price was too high a day or two ago, and or you know, and the Jets uh, turned their sights on Kevin Hayes and and made a good deal. I think uh, I think you're right. Uh, Brendan Lemieux is uh, you know his PDO is uh, high and uh, and uh, his you know his skill set uh, beyond a third line guy on the right team is that's his ceiling. So you know. Uh, I think the Jets did well, and they got a conditional fourth pick that, you know, uh, or fourth-round pick they gave up that, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, I, th- I believe uh, only applies if the Jets win the Stanley Cup. So, yep. you know, it's a first-round pick, and Brennan Lemieux for a second-line center that could end up re-signing with you, I think that's a pretty good deal.
0: No, I like it too. It was, uh, And the thing I liked about it is it was done early in the day, didn't have to sit there and stew in front of the TV. And it was probably part and parcel of it was is, uh, Ottawa tried to play a waiting game and, uh, Chevy didn't have time for that. And especially with the Morrissey injury, he had bigger fish to fry. Let's get the Kevin Hayes done. Let's get the certainty done before he gets plucked and they'll sit there holding the bag and be one of those, like, well, we were in on them, but uh, we missed out. So they took the certainty, got the deal done. And then, uh, They had to work on getting some depth defensemen, and uh, that's what he did the rest of the day. And speaking of those depth defensemen, the guy that intrigues me the most because I've always thought pretty highly of this guy, and then you know once they go to other teams and you don't see them play a lot, it was uh, it was Nathan Bovio. I remember when he was on the world uh, the under 20 junior team. uh, I thought he was destined for stardom. I thought he was going to be the Hab's next best big time offensive. uh, Offensive player, but uh, I mean as with a lot of young defensemen Maybe a lot of uh, pressure playing in La Belle Provence and he uh, was moved on to Buffalo didn't get much of a a chance there, I guess I guess mean, he played a bit, but uh, He might be uh, so he's not looking at a second chance He's looking at a third chance and the thing I like about him. He's young enough where he's not a burnout yet uh, You know, he's a better depth player than like when we got Joe Morrow last year Joe Morrow's already been around the block quite a bit and yeah uh I think uh maybe Beaulieu I'm hoping that like Cutchwood, maybe he's still a little bit untapped and there still might be something there
1: well he's 26 year 26 years old he's uh, he's only uh, been in the lineup for the Sabres 30 times this year and he's got seven points um you know lots of skill uh, came into you know his draft uh, with you know lots of accolades and and uh, and certainly was was viewed. You know, he's a first rounder, and and, and uh, you know, he's got some size. Uh, he can shoot the puck, but it's just never happened. And you know, maybe maybe poor development in Montreal, you know, stunted his growth, and he's been been you know sort of hampered by all of that. Who knows? He's going to be given plenty of opportunity, though, with with the injuries that we have on the left side uh, and the need to, to have a good puck uh, moving defenseman fill that, you know, second line or second uh, pairing D left side D uh, maybe he's going to be the guy. All I do know though, is, is that competition has just ramped up amongst that group of uh, defensemen um, as well as creating depth. There's all kinds of uh, competition now. And if you play well, you're going to, you're going to stay in the lineup. And, uh, you know so I I, it intriguing yes uh do I hold high hopes uh like I'm sitting on the fence you know at at 26 years old he's been been around the block a little bit and you know um is he better than Moro probably yep and so you you've still got an upgrade so from that perspective I think we have gotten better uh, in in that sense. You know, a Jake Muzzin would have been a better solution. Yep. But that ship has sailed and, uh, you know, we we didn't get in on that, uh, you know, soon enough.
0: Well, the thing is, it's nice about uh, the acquisitions today is, like I said, uh, technically nobody off the roster and a bunch of, well, we'll get to Patan in a minute, but, uh, you know, two seventh round picks and a sixth round pick. Uh, Chevy picked up another left handed defenseman, uh, Bogdan Kisilevich. Uh, he's one of those kind of career KHL guys. He's a, one of those older defensemen, so it's not like you're breaking in a kid. He's a depth guy that you know, maybe needed a fresh outlook. Uh, um, I don't know what to expect from him, but uh, we're going to find out soon enough, aren't we?
1: Well, the, based on, you know, <laughs> the, the intense research, uh, yeah. you know, Winnipeg Hockey Talk is done in terms of some of these draft picks, <laughs> we've got him, uh, you know, <laughs> on the... I have no idea who this guy is list Um, but just based on some of the initial reaction is that he's played solid hasn't really you know despite his the quality of his play hasn't really fell in a favor in in Florida and and uh, you know finds himself uh, on the way out as uh, and I believe he's gonna be a UFA at the end of the year so you know, depth move, no commitment beyond, uh, you know, uh, beyond this season for a player who's got a, I think it's a nine hundred and nine dollars and $925,000 contract. So, you know, low risk, uh, potentially high reward, um, you know, pick up there. But another left-hand defenseman, uh, and all of a sudden we have a glutton of left-handed defensemen. There you go um another
0: kind of i guess was this is basically an ahl minor league deal future considerations for alex broadhurst uh, i know nothing about him i don't foresee we'll ever see him in a jets uniform uh, we might not even see him in a moose uniform i think he, you, i think you had mentioned he's staying with columbus's farm team so that's another non-issue so we'll just bypass that nick patan going to the leafs for Per lindholm um I know that the a uh, lot of the Leaf fans, I was reading on the board today and on Twitter, and that they're quite happy to get rid of Lindholm, so I guess he was the Toronto whipping boy. Um, <laughs> I hope Nick gets a chance. I mean, I don't wish uh, any ill will upon him. I don't know if his uh, the situation he's in in Toronto is going to be much better than here, but at least it's a fresh start, and uh, hopefully uh, Mike Babcock, Babcock keeps an open mind and uh, gives young Nick a shot.
1: Well, you know, for for a player, a person who's gone through uh, a really tough year, um, you know, this might might allow him the opportunity to see some light at the end of the tunnel and and get his career on to the next uh, you know the next level. And 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 it will. Listen, Babcock is not going to sit here and gift him anything. So. Um, you know they they believe strongly in their team and and he's going to have to contribute or else they'll go in a different direction and he'll find himself back in in the press box. But I think him going to Toronto is a nice a nice fit um, in terms of uh, the age the the youth on that team. It's going to fit in terms of uh, you know the age uh, grouping um, and he'll get get an opportunity and so hopefully he does well. Uh, he's uh, he's a nice kid, and you know you want to see nothing but good things for for someone like that and uh, Per Lindholm, fourth line depth guy can penalty kill do some different things in that regard and, and depending on what you have for your lineup, he's likely gonna be a um, a press box guy more often than not. so um, you know we' we'll, we can get into the line and you know the line combinations here. Um, you know in a little bit but uh, so you know you might he might be filling Nick Patan's role in the press box uh, more often than not.
0: I would think so um, you know uh, he's definitely going to be on the roster for now and, uh, we'll, see, and we'll see
1: and one thing about Kisilavich and, and Lintholm is I believe they're both um, they're both um, waiver exempt so there's some fluidity there that the jets can can uh, play with in terms of uh, from a performance perspective if they need to you know send these guys down and someone else has earned a better a better opportunity i don't believe they're going anywhere they don't pick up a guy just so on one-way contracts so they can put him in the minors but at the same time there's flexibility with those two players and again brings up a little level of competition again within our group um, uh, especially for the young players to, you know, we got to get things to the next level. So I like what's happened here with these trades to ramp up the competition.
0: Sure. And the Winnipeg Jets uh, spent a seventh-round draft pick on Twitter's favorite player, Matt Hendricks. <laughs> True Grit is back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know the players loved him in the room. I just hope he was brought in as a... Uh, kind of a pseudo-assistant uh, coach that uh, gets the guys to work hard and practice, and I don't want to see him unless half the team is on the IR. Um, he's <laughs> For me, he's just too slow for my liking, and I still can't get past him making that ridiculous line change in Nashville last year that cost us that overtime game.
1: But hey, listen, <laughs> listen, easy now. Let's not whip him in uh, too hard. Here's the same guy... Back in January, on a on a trip to Minneapolis, that scored a big goal against us. So he can't be that slow. If he's <laughs> up against the Winnipeg Jets speed demons and scoring a goal.
0: Yeah, we seem to be everybody's slump buster. <laughs> Clayton Keller hasn't scored a goal in four and a half months. He scores against <laughs> us. Uh, uh, some teams, like uh, Colorado's power play, had not scored a goal since uh, last February. They rattled off a couple against us, and uh, yeah, we are we are officially the the leagues, and and, and statistically, we are known as the Winnipeg Slump Busters. <laughs> but I do uh, I do jest, of course. But there's a lot of uh, truth to that, also.
1: Well, seriously, sure. You know, and, and all kidding aside. Uh, We've talked about it in this space that you know. I believe uh, one of our first pods, uh, the beginning of January, just after the break, we uh, we said that the young players were gonna gonna have a chance, and it might have been closer to the uh, tr- uh, the All Star Game break. In fact, we said that these young players were gonna be given an opportunity between now and the, that point in the deadline to show what they got, and that and it was I know I I've, I've always felt that the if they couldn't take their game to another level they needed to go get some veteran presence to either help them get through that or to pick up the slack in the event that these these the youth couldn't couldn't do it and I think this slump over the last little bit uh, the you know it's a slump all the way through the through the lineup uh, you know these guys are not playing well 1 through 23 with the ex- well, I take that back. One through twenty-one, because goaltending has not been an issue, um, and the young guys are in that that group. Injuries have contributed to this. There's a lot of different things, but a veteran presence was needed. We've got some veteran presence in Hayes, um, and but I, I listen. The intangibles are real. I you know I, there's no doubt that he's not going to play very much hockey, but when he does get in there, he's going to, you know, he's going to rally the boys. He's going to do it. He's going to rally the boys, whether he's in the lineup or not, for that matter. Um, You know, so I think, I think this is a really good move to bring in, you know, some support to a leadership group that, you know, clearly his style of leadership was, is different than what Shifley Wheeler Bufflin bring to the table and fit, you know there was a fit there in that leadership role that he did a great job in doing uh, last year. We played to a different level, and and so let's hope uh, that they can rekindle that in some shape or form, um, and gets the young players and the veterans uh, to, for that matter, to get them to play to a different level and get back to what was successful. Uh, last year, because we need to do that, and we need to do it starting tomorrow night.
0: Well, I don't really have much of a problem with spending a seventh-round draft pick on an assistant coach, so we'll just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to move on to. Uh, nice to see Nick ehlers and his speed and his zone entries back in the lineup. Uh, they sure are a different team. You notice, you know, you just notice. Uh, you know, when he's in the lineup, everybody kind of slots in a little bit differently, and that line was a force and kind of kickstarted Brian Little. When Little's been pretty solid all year. I shouldn't say kickstarted; he's been fairly consistent. You know, in the in in the Vegas game, the threesome with Connor, they were they were pretty darn good, and it was uh, so nice to see Nick score basically uh, seconds into his first shift and. Uh, and then Pombo threw them out. Uh, two shifts later, and Connor scored to make it two nothing. That was huge because that was the start that they needed in this game. And it's, I just find it strange that the Jets are a weird team. They supposedly have all this firepower and can score at will and this and that, but they sure struggle when they don't score first. And uh, it was just nice to see them, uh, you know, get that win under their belt. And uh, nice to see Nick uh, back in the lineup. He's one of my faves, and uh, boy, he sure is a line driver. He just. Uh, he's so confident with the puck and he gets on the play like he just uh he just makes so many good plays and uh you know especially on the forecheck you know him connor perot those they're so hungry on the puck and it was uh i'm just really glad to see him back and i guess uh maybe patty line was even though they didn't play together i guess maybe patty line liked uh having his buddy back in the lineup huh?
1: well i'm sure he did uh, and, and ehlers is a difference maker without a doubt and and uh, we just look like a different team and you know one extra player with that kind of speed just elevates everybody else around him um, you know one just to keep up <laughs> yeah and secondly you know they know they got to play a different brand of hockey in order to to complement each other and 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 get that chemistry so um, without a doubt I mean yeah, truth be known it was someone you know it was a fortuitous bounce the way that that, that whole play worked out uh, but who cares the pucks in the net and uh you know uh, as we saw against uh arizona the bounces sometimes go the the other way and you know the other whipping boy on the team uh, you know put one into his own net too so you know <laughs> yeah. it all it all comes back to you know to help uh you know along the way and you know Sometimes there's these nice little uh, gifts sitting there waiting for you to to pounce. But we are a different hockey. You know, all kidding aside, we are a different hockey team uh, with Nikki Ehlers in the lineup. We can't wait for Bufflin to get back in the lineup in earnest because we are a again, a net, we our team goes to another level with with uh, Bufflin in the lineup. And and I think with you know, as I'm starting to think about these line combinations, etc. His his return comes at an absolute perfect time now, because uh, you know you I I fully you know I, Rick Tyu, uh tweeted it out earlier today that he wanted to see Perot, Little and Roslovic on the line with with Ealers Connor and Hayes uh, uh, together, and I thought wow that you know what I think that's the right the right sort of chemistry there it, it keeps Little who's very responsible in the defensive zone at a setter position and. And then, you know, but that speed element and a guy like Hayes who can dish the puck well and score, uh, you know, with Connor and and Healers still has, you know, some intrigue there that that really is going to be exciting to watch. And I'm looking for for that line tomorrow night and hopefully we, we see it. And if they do get together, I, I've got Ehlers uh, and Connor bull scoring and Hayes scoring. That line's going to have uh, a goal each and, and eight points amongst them uh, for the night.
0: Book it. Bold predictions. <laughs> well, you know what? Paul, Paul Maurice has got some new toys to play with. He's going to have some fun now. There's all kinds of different combinations we can look at, and I'm looking forward to it. And. Uh, I guess the next time we talk, I'm going to be uh, poolside in Arizona. So I'm really looking forward to our next podcast uh, for two reasons. I won't be here. And the second reason is uh, we'll have a couple of games under our belt with the new the new kids on the block in the lineup. And, uh, yeah, it's fun times. It's uh, probably coming. And it comes at a great time because now the shoe was dropped, the hammer's dropped, and uh, everybody can stop looking over their shoulders and get back to business. And uh, I'd love to see them go on a nice stretch like they did last year when we got Stastny and just really ramp up because I think uh, – now, looking at these standings now, boy, I don't know if I want to play St. Louis next round, so I think it's imperative we get first place in the home ice advantage.
1: Well, I, I couldn't agree more. It's time to, you know, listen, we've got, uh, what is it, 21 games, you said? I think, tw- yeah. Uh, 21, 22 games, whatever, whatever. Well, we played
0: 62, so we've got 20 left.
1: 20 left. Yep. It's now, I mean, they need these next five five games or so to get the new players acclimatized as you know and and at the same time start winning hockey games and but more importantly winning the right way and playing the right way every game and 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 really put 60 minute efforts in uh, on a consistent basis uh, we haven't seen that all year and you know other than the odds the odd game like vegas uh, on a couple of occasions and uh, of course we never have a problem getting up to play against uh, nashville but um you know those we got to look beyond it's it's it seems like we've got this sort of tunnel vision when it comes to Vegas and Nashville and those are the teams we got to beat meanwhile they're blowing games everywhere else yeah i know it's frustrating so it's you know it's time to uh stop uh you know listening to their press get the nose to the grindstone get playing the right way and i think this trade comes at our well it it couldn't come uh, a game uh you know, soon enough, and uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully with the, the new depth that we've got, and, and as I'm, you know, again, doing the math, Appleton and Patan were, uh, or Lemieux and Patan were the press box uh, yesterday. Today, Appleton's in the minors. Uh, Lemieux and Patan are no longer in the organization, and Per Lindholm and, and Matt Hendricks are likely your, your press box guys if that doesn't change the 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 makeup of the team i don't know what is and it's going to send a message to the remaining players that we got to get going
0: right so overall would it be safe to say that uh, we're both pretty happy with chevy's day today
1: i think i think he did well i think he did very well to you know not give up any roster players that uh fit in the long term you know and yep yep you know I, i think it's fair to say that that uh you know, Patan and Lemieux are are you know player interchangeable players that you could find anywhere. They're they're not uh, you know their their ceiling is pretty much where they're at. Whereas a guy like Roslevic and of course Veselin is even younger yet. But yep, yep. those guys, you know, I'm not sure we know what the ceiling is on a Roslevic, but certainly it's much higher than. Than Lemieux and Patan, and and I'm glad that we never gave up some of these young players,
0: yeah, I agree. including
1: including Miku.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm not, well, I'm I'm still a little stubborn. I'm not quite sure where Patan's ceiling is, but we're going to find out soon enough. But anyway, that's uh, time to wrap her up for this week, uh, Daryl. And uh, once again, our listeners, you know where you can find us: winnipeghockeytalk.com, iTunes, you can subscribe there, Anchor FM, Stitcher, anywhere where you can find a podcast, you'll probably find us there. Darrell, once again, thanks for joining me. Um, next time we talk, we'll, I'll be in Arizona, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the boys play this week. Safe travels, and uh, thanks very much.